the talk is also based on a song in the Bible. Uh, the talk is also uh, based on a song in the Bible, and and the song is from a book called Psalms. It is it is a collection of one fifty beautifully written poems and songs uh, to God. Um, the this, uh, just to set a little context, the psalmist also finds himself in a very difficult situation, and he cries out to God in this really near death situation. Uh, and and today we're gonna. The topic is the cry of our soul, the cry of our soul. And the worship set a beautiful platform for us to just dive uh, into the talk. So without further ado, can I just request Joshua to read uh, the chapter out, which will come up for us on the screen? It's from Psalm one sixteen. Uh, this is the part. This is this is Psalms. It's a book in the Old Testament. The part of the Bible. Uh, that was written before Jesus. Over to Joshua. I love the Lord because he heard my voice and my pleas for mercy. Because he inclined his ear to me, therefore I will call on him as long as I live. The snares of death encompassed me. The pangs of Sheol laid hold on me. I suffered distress and anguish. Then I called on the name of the Lord. O Lord, I pray, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return, O my soul, to your rest, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed even when I spoke, I am greatly afflicted. I said in my alarm, all mankind are liars. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Here ends the reading. Thanks, uh, Josh. Allow me to just pray before uh, we start. Father, we want to thank you for... Uh, your word. We want to thank you because the Bible is not filled with ideal stories, but it's filled with real stories of real people with real struggles. And it's, it's all about a real God who is invested in our real lives. So this morning, even as we look at what it means to just cry out to you, uh, would you speak to us? Uh, Holy Spirit, just as you promised in the Bible, would you, would you cry out on our behalf where we don't have words? Would you cry out on our behalf and say, Abba, Father, speak to us today. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Uh, it is clear the psalmist has gone through. We don't know exactly what he's gone through because he doesn't tell us. And we also don't know that who has written this psalm. But it's pretty clear that he's gone through some soul-crushing sickness. And, and that gave him a near-death experience. And in that, from that experience, he cries out and calls on the name of the Lord. Verse 4, he says, Oh Lord, I pray, deliver my soul. What do we see? God does come through. In his own words, the psalmist says, For you have delivered my soul from death. I will walk in the land of the living. So in his near 
soul crushing near death situation he cries out to god and we see that god answers and then she speaks to his soul that is that that really captured my heart verse 7 he says return oh my soul to your rest for the lord has dealt bountifully with you return oh soul to your rest okay i mean throughout the worship and even our conversation before worship started is pretty clear we're going through some difficult times one would think that after a year of going through a global pandemic in our country things would probably start to get better but no the cases are still on the rise people are still succumbing to death some new strains of the virus are being detected well people in our community have also started getting the virus these are difficult times our souls are at unrest they are disturbed let's just take a leaf or two from the psalmist and see see how he dealt with his sickness and how he dealt when he was going through this really difficult times amidst his grave illness and turmoil in his soul the psalmist cries out to god he calls on the name of the lord this psalm uh, we we haven't read the full psalm but if you see the full psalm it mentions calling on the name of the lord at least four times and if you include the first cry which god already answered that's the fifth time there is clearly something about crying out to god that does good to our souls in the times of distress our souls need to cry out to god so here's the three, three things that we'll be looking from the psalm the first thing is the first thing is the problem we do not call out to god second thing is the reason why don't we call out to god and i'm going to end with an exhortation where we're going to call on the name of jesus together let's dive straight in the problem look at how the psalmist starts he says i love the lord because he has heard my voice and my pleas for mercy because he inclined his ear to me therefore i will call on him as long as i live everything you need to know is in these two verses and look at how he starts i love the lord because he heard my voice hey when was the last time we actually felt this kind of love for god because he's heard our voice i mean i know that we all love the lord or when was the last time we were so amazed by how god came to our rescue that our heart felt and and cried out i love you lord i really love you when did this love for god become a heart reality more than just a mental concept when was the last time why don't we love the lord like this why don't we love him is it probably because we have not cried out to him 
for us to have an experience of him actually coming to our rescue and delivering us. Look at the psalmist. He's gone through some near-death situation. It's both physical and spiritual. He cries out in deep pain and agony, and God heard his cry. He says, he, had, he inclined his ear to him and heard him. That's what he says. The picture is that of a dad really bending down to the level of his child just to ensure he's heard every word of pain that the child has uttered. Bending down and bringing his ear to the pain of the child. There is so much beauty in the fact that the God of all creation, who is sustaining every planetary motion, who is breathing life into everything, this God bends down like a father, brings his ear close to my painful cry and listens to me. This is such a beautiful thing. You know, this cry of the psalmist reminds me of the time when um, I was in my third grade uh, in school and and we went on this school picnic uh, to this park and we were playing cricket. Um, This guy, the batsman hit the ball and the ball went and fell in this huge ditch and that ditch was covered with twigs and dry leaves and stuff. So just to get the ball, um, I jumped into the ditch only to figure out that there was fire underneath I couldn't see it because they probably just put all the dried leaves and twigs. And I couldn't, because I was just about six or seven years old, I couldn't get out of that ditch quickly as well. The fire underneath melted my rubber sandals and burnt my feet. And I couldn't get out in time. And that was, that was really bad. It was so bad that the marks of that burn are still under my feet. And in that moment, I cried out and within no time, there were huge blisters on my feet. Just a six, seven year old. In that moment, they called out to my parents and they, they rushed in and they hurried and they took me to the hospital. And I remember very clearly in that moment of pain, I said these very words in Telugu. I said, Mommy, Daddy, I can't take this anymore. I want to die right now. I can't take this anymore. Because the pain was really bad. In that moment, seeing my father right there didn't really cure my pain. But in that moment, I felt some kind of comfort. Hey, Daddy's here. He knows my pain. He was carrying me because I couldn't walk. When I look back, that physical pain was temporary. But the comfort that my soul experienced on seeing my father carrying me, hearing to my cry of pain and saying I want to die, is just so clear in my mind. As a kid, this cry came out so naturally when I was going through that. Hey, but have you realized as grown-ups, when we're going through something really hard and difficult, this cry doesn't come out. 
we know that there's this heavenly father who is listening to us, who is longing to listen to us. But why don't we cry out during these moments of pain and suffering that we go through? The psalmist is writing this psalm centuries before Jesus. I mean, he believed in his heart that God heard his cry. We, living on this side of Jesus, know for a fact that through Jesus, in the name of Jesus, every cry of our heart is heard by God because Jesus established, restored that relationship with our Heavenly Father. So why is it that we still don't cry out to God when we go through these really difficult moments? Our souls need this. Let's look at the reason, the second point, the reason why don't we call out to God? We'll see the reason right in the psalm. If you look at verse 10, this is what the psalmist says. I believed even when I spoke, I am greatly afflicted. That means even before healing came through, even before he walked over from death to life, when he was still afflicted, he believed. And this is enough evidence for us to prove that he cried out to God from a place of belief in him. Because he believed, he cried out. Now think through this with me. We all have friends on our dial list who we know that won't take our calls. Right? These are obviously close friends also. Let's say you're in an accident or in deep trouble. Will your first call be to this friend that you know from previous experience doesn't take calls? No, right? Because we don't believe that they will take our call and come for help. So friends, allow me to humbly submit that the reason that we don't call on to God as much as we need to do It's because in our hearts, we do not believe. We do not believe that he will actually answer. Let me tell you how this unbelief works. We don't outrightly say, hey, I don't believe in Jesus, man. I know that he won't answer. No, we don't outrightly say that. But the posture of our hearts is different from the confession of our mouths. Right? The last couple of days, I've actually discovered how this unbelief works in my heart. For those of you who don't know, my wife on this call has tested positive for COVID a couple of weeks ago. And and this time, uh, journeying through this journey has truly revealed how much I don't believe in God enough. Let me share a bit of that journey. First thing, it started even before she tested positive. You know, I had this, uh, two days before she tested positive, she started getting this fever. And she told me, hey, I feel feverish. And I have this stupid behavior pattern. Whenever she says, hey, I feel feverish, my first response is, hey, no man, it can't be fever. And this time when she said that I have fever, that was my first response. Hey, no, it's definitely not fever. I mean, you're fine. And after a while, she again said, hey, I think I'm, I'm feeling feverish. 
and i said no i mean it can't be fever but anyway let me just get the thermometer so i got the thermometer and we tested and it was fever right the second thing second thought in my mind what if it's covid like i know man can't be covid like we just tested the last week and we tested negative so it can't it can't be covid my brain immediately shut out that covid possibility it's definitely not then we go to the doctor and we get the swab test done and until the result came the next day i was like it can't be covid there's no way it's covid and then the result came positive and not just that even in the past week even when she was going through this she was struggling through this cough and her parents one day asked her how are you doing how is the cough doing and she said it's bad and in that moment my denial reached its peak i thought to myself how can you say it's bad now they'll worry when indeed it was bad she has how i operate out of unbelief because i'm afraid i refuse to think of a possibility of sickness or difficult circumstance to all outward appearances it might look like hey look at his belief in god he he thinks that it can't be any of this he clearly trusts god but no deep down my faith is so weak that i don't even want to think of an alternate possibility of an unfavorable outcome sometimes as christians we tend to mask our unbelief with a layer of superficial belief this belief says it's all going to be fine god's in control it's all going to be fine but the moment things are not fine it disappears you see this kind of unbelief is even more dangerous than outright unbelief in this kind of unbelief you don't even want to cry out for help because in your heart you don't even acknowledge the broken reality because you don't acknowledge you don't even want to cry out for help and that is why through this experience i didn't find myself desperately on my knees crying out god i need you god this sickness it it's covid i need you i don't have the answers i need you i didn't find myself doing that only while preparing for this sermon god unrevealed the unbelief in my heart here's the thing our desperate cries to god is not a sign of unbelief in him in fact it's a sign of belief belief that he's listening belief that she cares belief that she comes he will come through you know if you've grown up in a christian family if you're worried and if you're anxious people ask hey where's your faith what happened to your faith no our desperate cry is a sign of belief and not unbelief so let's strip all these layers of threatened belief and cry out to god in desperation we need god today i believe that god is wanting to do that for our hearts do you want this real belief friends as as i've said before if your belief is in a situation that soon all of this is going to vanish soon all of this is going to be over clearly from trends that is not how it's going 
So to put your belief in a better future, it's probably us running away from real belief in God. What if we go into another lockdown? We haven't even recovered from the first lockdown. Shall we face our fears today and cry out to him? I also do want to acknowledge that there's this other kind of unbelief that sets in our hearts. This is how this unbelief works. If this is you, let me know if you relate to this. It's the other extreme. This extreme looks at only the fears and is, is getting overwhelmed. Oh gosh, oh gosh, neighbor tested positive. This person tested positive. And, and instead of crying out to God, we start crying out to everyone around us. Which is okay, which is good. We need, we need to share our fears with the community. But our primary cry needs to be to God. Are you operating from this place of unbelief today? Would you want to cry out to God in real belief? I want to close by exhorting all of us to call out the name of Jesus this morning. And I'm going to do it right from this psalm. You know, the psalmist, he, he's the one who wrote the song, but he's not the only one who sang this song. This psalm is one of the Passover festival songs that people used to sing. Psalms 113 to 118. And from Psalms 113 to 115, they used to sing before the meal. And from Psalms 116 to 118, they used to sing after the meal, according to biblical scholars. So, so on that very famous Last Supper, which you, would, which you would have heard of, even if you're not a follower of Jesus, this is just before Jesus goes to the cross. That was that last Passover meal. So it's in all likelihood, biblical scholars believe that Jesus sang this song before going to the cross. Look at Mark 14, 26. It says, and when they had sung the hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And biblical scholars believe in all likelihood, they sang through this because it was the tradition to sing these songs. Hey, picture Jesus singing these lines. Nards of death encompassed me. The pangs of shoal, shoal means grave, laid hold on me. I suffered distress and anguish. Jesus gave these words even more significance when he himself sang it. He knew that he would be wound up, tied up on that cross. He knew that his death wasn't going to be a simple, you know, I'm living now in the next moment I'm dead. No, it was going to be excruciating. It was going to be full of distress and anguish. He knew what it felt like to suffer distress because just before going to the cross in that garden of Gethsemane, he tells his disciples, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Hey, this morning, if, if this is you, you probably feel, hey, I'm lonely here. I don't think anyone understands what I'm going through. 
you know, I've tried talking to people about it, but it's not working. Jesus knows. Jesus knows what it means for his soul to be overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. This was the sorrow of that physical pain that was going to come through. The sorrow of his beloved father in his most painful moment, turning his face away and forsaking him because your sin and mine was upon his shoulder. But here's the thing. Where the psalmist cried out, then I called on the name of the Lord. Oh Lord, I pray, deliver my soul. This is what Jesus cried out. He says, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. This was the cup of death. This was the cup of sorrow and pain. This was the cup of God's just wrath for your sin and mine. Jesus drank it. The story doesn't end there. On the third day, when he rose to life, he just didn't defeat sin, but he defeated sorrow. He defeated pain. He defeated death. So today, we, like the psalmist, can cry out, Oh Lord, I pray, deliver my soul. In our most sorrowful and painful moments, we can cry and know for sure that our Father is listening to us. Because the cry of the of our Savior on the cross was ignored. Your cry and mine, every cry is heard. We find deliverance because he died in our place. And here's the beauty, friends. Since Jesus was overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death and rose again to life, he alone can both empathize with our sorrow and deliver us from it. Hey, isn't this what our soul needs? We want someone to empathize with our sorrow as well. Only Jesus can empathize with our sorrow, but he doesn't just stop there. He can deliver us from it because he defeated sorrow, death. Allow me to close with this true story. This is a guy called Horatio Spafford, who was a successful attorney and a real estate owner. Uh, he, he lost a fortune in the, in the Chicago fire of 1871. And, and around the same time, his beloved four-year-old son passed away. Thinking a vacation could probably help the family, which is his wife and his four daughters. Um, he, he, he books a ticket on the ship to England for all of them uh, and he was going to catch the next ship after finishing some of his work. So he sends his family, his wife and four daughters and on that journey that ship was involved in a terrible collision and it sinks. More than 200 people lost their lives. All of the four daughters of Horatio Spafford lost their lives in that tragedy. His wife, Anna, however, survived that tragedy. She reaches England and sends a telegram to his husband. Saved alone, what shall I do? Horatio immediately sets sail for England 
And at one point during this voyage, the captain of the ship knows what happened to this Spafford family. He calls Horatio and he says, this is the place where your daughters were drowned because of the shipwreck. In that moment, the heart of Horatio Spafford was filled with comfort and hope. And he wrote these lines, which probably all of us know. When peace, like a river, attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ hath regarded my helpless estate and hath shed his own blood for my soul. It is only when we believe in Jesus can we go through life's most distressing and, and difficult moments and still experience rest for our soul. Shall we cry out to him? This morning, if you're a follower of Jesus, the, the, the call is to strip away all these layers of fake pretend belief. And actually look at these fears, look at our, our sorrow, look at our, our anguish. Not submerge them in the busyness of life. See them in the eye and look to Jesus and cry out to him. Shall we do that? If, if you're not a follower of Jesus yet and, and you've been joining us for a while, uh, this morning, probably you also like us have probably uh, submerged your, your fears and probably are trying to just focus on the positive vibes around. Hey, when life throws something bad at us, these positive vibes are going to go away. Do you want some real rest for our souls? This morning, Jesus is saying, I want to give you that. The very one who, who shed his blood for your soul, on the basis of that action of his, he's saying, would you come to me? Do you want to believe in me? I can give you this rest for your soul. If you want to respond to this call, I'm just going to pray for both us, those of us who follow and those of us who don't follow. Uh, shall we, in our own forms, make this prayer ours and cry out to Jesus? Allow me to just pray. Jesus, I want to thank you because um, the faith that we have in you uh, is, is real faith. It's faith that prepares our heart for the worst of life. It's faith that doesn't ignore that everything inside of me and around me is broken. But it's a faith that actually has an answer for the brokenness inside of me and around me. So Jesus, in our real struggles, how foolish are we to uh, to uh, to 
not look at this pain and cry out to you because you know what is going in our heart. And you want to listen. Father, you want to listen to your children cry. So this unbelief that we have, that we exercise, would you replace that Holy Spirit with belief in the one who shed his blood for our souls? Father, I pray for those of us who are not followers of Jesus. You know the pain that we're going through. You know um, the the sorrow and the loneliness that nobody understands around us. This morning, would you help us as well? Say, I want to believe in this Jesus. Holy Spirit, would you fill us with faith in Jesus this morning? We cry out to you, Lord. Apart from you, there is no hope. Only in you, there is hope. So we worship you and we cry out. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen.